Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, uh, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside me, as always, with a bum shoulder, Michelle Yu. Michelle, what happened? I'm like getting old, huh? Like, I was my back last month. Now it's my shoulder. Oh, no. Like, uh, do we know what it is? Yeah, um, I mean, I went for an MRI today, so we'll find out for sure. The, it's suspected either a torn rotator cuff or possibly um, my ligament jerked off a piece of bone. Ooh, all right. Well, we'll, be, we'll we're anxiously awaiting the uh, the MRI results. We are sorry you the have to results. go through this. We are old. There's no question. Uh, it is. It get, listen. Getting old sucks. Period. End of story. You yeah. just use that. It just sucks. We're just not. And I think some people, and Michelle, maybe you're a little bit like me. There are times where I don't think I'm as old as I am. Now, yeah, you know, like I see someone, like if I'm in the gym and someone's doing something, like oh, I could do that, and I cannot do that. Or you know, if I, <laughs> I might go play with my 23 year old, even go play catch outside for a minute. Like I'm just like after 10 throws, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Uh, it's just See, not like, fun. I'm pretty like flexible and like I am pretty active. So for me, I don't find a lot of things that I can't physically do. Right. And so. Well, how did you hurt yourself then? I was driving a Colt and he decided he did not want to drive anymore. And he whirled around so fast and he went, he took off at full speed and I went to like brace myself against him. Oh no. But, and a lot of times the Colt, when you brace yourself, they'll turn in a circle around you because like they have that resistance and this colt was so gung-ho on not being around me anymore that he just jerked me completely off my off my feet and went flying and so then i got him back and i brought him back to the same spot and i was ready for sure i was like okay he might bolt and so i tried to turn him the opposite way and he whirled at me and then bolted right at me and i was like oh crap and i tried it again and he jerked me off my feet again but this time it was only one arm oh no all right well i'm sorry to hear that i'm sure our audience is sorry to hear that but on a good note on a on a positive note we have todd wojohowski on our show today and wojo is the director of sales for obs uh the big obs march sale is currently in its under tax show First two days are in the books. We are recording this on Wednesday afternoon. The next uh, Thursday and Friday will be the last two shows. You can find all the information, so much information. We're going to get into the website with Todd, uh, with Wojo. Uh, It's obssales.com, obssales.com. It's a great website. You can find everything you want about the sale there. The sale dates are next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, March 20th through the 24th. But before we do that and before we get to uh, Woj, Let's do three things of note. Three things of note. <laughs> Can I say one thing pre- previously on sure. uh, on three things of note? And we this is a common theme on this show is just how hard it is. Um, we won that grade one with Gold Phoenix. We had that big day. We conclude Brooke uh-huh. was made in the whole thing. I think that was two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Since that time, I think we've run seven horses. Two of them have been eased and none of them had hit the board. <laughs> it, it, it was literally it's been literally as if the racing gods smiled on us so big like, and then just said f you so um if anybody th- if anybody out there listening thinks this game feeling. is super easy uh it's not it's not i know that feeling it's ter- it's the we, like, worst we feeling the we won the, we won the massive smile and then 
we haven't won a race since. I know exactly how it feels. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. All right, let's talk about three things of note and let's okay. get to Woj because I know that's what people want right, to hear. So it's kind of it's, it's more than three things of note, just but it's really quick. Okay. 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 So uh, first of all, it's like Derby news with Tappet Trice winning the Tampa Bay Derby. A lot of controversy there because he almost like didn't get going until the last sixteenth of a mile. Michelle, how does that mm-hmm. how does that translate? I've heard Todd Pletcher is uh, planning on going to the Bluegrass with him. I've always thought that that's probably a good thing because he looks like mile and a quarter is going to be absolutely no problem for that horse. Now, he did start slowly. He did, you know, have to make up a lot of ground. He went wide and and maybe against better horses, he's not going to be able to do that. But how do you feel? How did you feel about that effort? Can I be honest? I want you to be honest. It's not mean. Tampa Bay Derby horses don't win the Derby and bluegrass horses don't win the Derby. Doesn't even matter. Wow. That was mean. (laughs) All right, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to quote you on the, put that quote. I don't know. When was the last horse that won the Tampa Bay Derby and Kentucky Derby? I don't know. That's a great, great trivia question. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, Don't look it up now. Someone will get it. Someone will get it. When we put the show up, there'll be people who will respond. So that's question A. I don't know. But so you're saying you don't like Tapitrice as a Derby horse. Okay, that's a good opinion. Causeway, Helium, King Guillermo, Tacitus, Quip, Taprit, Desmond. Okay, basically you can win the Belmont. Yeah, Taprit. You win the the Tampa Bay Derby, Taprit, and. uh, Destin and Destin, yeah, so, maybe that's yeah, the so. it's a it's a prep for the Belmont. There you go. Okay, Street Sense was the last horse to win the Tampa Bay Derby and the Kentucky Derby, and then he ran like fourth, I think, in the Bluegrass, if I'm not mistaken, just off my head. Okay, okay, he might be the only horse. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So okay. All right. Uh, Arabian Night off the trail. Arabian Night off the Derby trail is uh, Derby nose number two. He didn't work great. Timmy Octane said we should let him grow up, so he's off the Derby trail. You think there's okay. more to it than that, or are we just buying the story? I mean, I read the story, and Tim Yachtin, who's training for Baffert, said, you're going to see this horse sooner than you think. So it seems to me almost like maybe he had a little something that, you know, we're not going to push him to make the derby, but, you know, he's not going to a farm or something. Or do you think there, where I, there's smoke, there's fire? I have, a, I have a friend who's a clocker that before the news was announced sent a clocker report and said this horse isn't going to run in the derby. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. There okay. You go. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, also, we've kind of been mentioning already, teasing it up a little bit, that the OBS show is the show is underway. The OBS sale is coming up. It is the twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second of March, which means the under tax show has been going on at this time that we're recording this for two days. In the first day, we had ten breeze in uh, sub ten. And we had the second day here. We had a couple of horses, four horses clocked in with nine and four fifths. Great. And you can find all okay. that information on the OBS website. That's right. <laughs> I feel like this is the OBS uh, show. It's great. Uh, by the way, speaking of OBS, uh, this is all OBS. Show. Speaking of OBS graduates, yeah. Hidden Connection was second in the Azari. She's a two-time OBS graduate. Classic Car Wash and Classic Legacy were second and third in the Tampa Bay Derby. They were also OBS graduates. Oh, cool. uh, moving on to more things of note. Yeah. The Jockey Guild and Hissa have come to an agreement about making something going forward for the needs of riders. We talked about the recent suicide from a couple of jocks. They're sending out an anonymous survey to all of the riding colonies, and they're going to use that survey as the basis for a serious framework to try and get mental and physical help for any of the riders that need it. Can't underestimate the importance of mental health, especially these riders, many of whom are, you know, hungry, um, many mm-hmm. of whom are, are, are struggling. 
And uh, so good. I, I'm, I'm very glad that this is happening. Um, also want to congratulate my boss, Amy Zimmerman and Jay Prickman. They've both been appointed to the board of directors for Karma Belly. As oh, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm very involved with Karma, uh, with Aftercare. You and I both uh, really think it is hugely important, if not one of the most important things in our game. And uh, we unfortunately lost uh, Howard Zucker last year. Uh, mm -hmm. and Candy, uh, Chu, Candy Chu moved uh, with her husband to Denver. So we had a couple of openings. Idaho. and Idaho. Oh, Idaho. I don't know why I said Denver. Um, so we had a couple of openings, and we talked a lot on the board level about people that we wanted to bring on. And I cannot tell you how excited we are to have Jay Privman, who has been in this game for a long, long time, and just one mm -hmm. of the best guys, and really cares, and is really smart. And then Amy Zimmerman, who also, I mean, she has the Eclipse Awards and Emmys, and, and also a very, very smart individual, passionate, and, and they're both creative, too. And that's what we need with Trump. When you're trying to raise money and you're trying to put, uh, you know, uh, new, new programs and events and, and just take figure out ways to take care of these horses, you need people like Jay and Amy. And from everyone at Karma, we are just absolutely thrilled to bring them aboard. Uh, also, I didn't know you were going to say that. That was really nice. I'm glad you did that. Well, fun, and I'll just piggyback onto them. A yeah. fun note for me is I've got a little retired racehorse right now that i'm messing around with trying to get him going for what? some seriously second career yeah i've got kono oh really yeah oh, brother I... to rob bauer oh that's cool awesome good for so you the fradkins are keen on him being a polo horse i love it so that's what we're working on right well, now fix that shoulder first I know, right? Uh, okay, and then the, the good news is that's not my swinging shoulder. It is just my rain shoulder, and I could hold that pretty steady. Okay. All right, so the final thing on this group of notes is that NHC happened this weekend. Oh. Paul Calia uh, was the winner of the NHC. There were 779 entries. Paul was actually the first person to finish in the top 10 with both of his entries. He finished first and fourth, banking over $960,000. Incredible. Uh, also, his whole goal when he came to NHC – was just to make gas money to go home. He lives in Kansas. So Amazing. it was pretty funny that that was it. And he ends up taking home almost a million bucks. And I have to give extra kudos out to your partner and my good friend, Gary Fenton. He finished third. And, you know, like there's some people that make contests playing their life. And Gary, it's not his life. Obviously. No, but he, he plays, career, he plays he, a lot. He plays a lot. And I think it's really cool to see someone that is, involved every day in our horse side of it and plays as well being able to do really well in the contest so i was cheering him on i was really happy oh he's great i'm very happy for gary and his family and just um for him i mean he really likes these contests he's brought it to little red feather and a lot of people might not know this but we have a weekly contest like uh um very similar to the, the nhc where you could actually win a seat at the nac nhc we have it with it's internal with all the lrf owners it's every friday it's a lot of fun Gary has spearheaded this, and uh, to see him do that well was absolutely amazing. Good job, Gary. He must have worn his lucky shoes. Yeah, that's why have. you guys aren't winning, Billy. Oh, he took all our because luck. Because he can't wear he no because he can't wear his oh his Gucci, Gucci his Gucci shoes. He can't wear them because it's been raining and he doesn't <laughs> want to get him money. That's exactly why we have not had a rough couple of weeks. <laughs> well, maybe we could turn it around this weekend. But let's do this, Michelle. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll bring on Todd Wojciechowski.
The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by OBS. OBS sells more two-year-olds than any other sales company in the world. March alone has 833 catalogs. This year, there's going to be a diverse group at all price points. And the March sale has boasted 300 stakes winners since 2018, 67% of those on dirt. Make sure you log on to the website, which includes the pedigree under tech videos, as well as walking videos. And OVS is truly an international marketplace. Horses have been purchased by buyers from 49 of the 50 U.S. states, as well as Korea, Japan, the Middle East, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Europe. We've got the March sale under tech going on right now. Sales dates the 20th, the 22nd, as well as the April sale, which the sale dates are the 25th of the 28th, and the June sale, the 13th to the 15th. OBSSales.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Owner's Box. Very special guest, as you know, Todd Wojciechowski, the director of sales from OBS. And he is a very, very busy man right now, aren't you, my friend? Well, you're right. It, it, it is quite a busy time for us as we're in the middle of our under-tax show for the March sale. So, yes, how are, <laughs> a lot of light nights. How is everything going? I saw the. I, I watched all the breezes last night, as I'm sure Michelle did, didn't because she was drinking to rest her soul sure, her so, or shoulder. Uh, Wait, but, uh, that's not fair. I did watch the breezes last night. You Thank you very did. much. did. Look at you. Um, I did. <laughs> Wojo, we're in, today finishes, let's see, we're Wednesday. We're, we're doing this Wednesday. This is day two of four breeze days, correct? That's correct. You know, originally we were only scheduled, uh, we were scheduled for, uh, I believe, two days of breezing, but the catalog uh, expanded in size. Uh, that warranted adding the extra couple of days of uh, undertection. And everything, I assume, is going great. We only want to talk about good things here on the show, so I'm assuming all the horses are breezing very well and everybody's happy. And you have nobody complaining to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's a large barn area, and, you know, there's always differing opinions, but uh, so far, so good. I I guess the undertack shows went well. Um, You know, everything's come back safe. And uh, that's a good thing. That's amazing. Let's before I have we, a question. Oh, that, go ahead, Michelle. We, wait, wait, wait. Before yeah. we jump into that, can I have a que- I have a question. Yeah. How do sure. we decide in what order horses breeze at the breeze sale? Oh, I know. Oh, this is so a good one. So that it's kind of a random order. Um, there is there is some uh, uh, ran- It's slightly random, but it also has some order to it in the size. The number of horses people have breezing on each day. So we try to spread it out. Isn't that a little let me I, I don't know if this is a secret, but like isn't it true that a lot of times um so if a consigner let's say has ten breezers on Wednesday. They're that, not gonna breeze like all next to each other. Well yeah, but also Correct. they're not like, gonna breeze all ten on the first in the first set. Right, but a lot of times right. they will put their best horse earlier in the morning when it's cooler. Is that like true or is that just like fallacy? Um, I think it varies. Uh, you know, obviously there's probably some people that, you know, want a fresh track uh, if they have early sets. Right. Uh, they have a number of horses. Um, I, 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 I can't speak to their mindset as to how they choose which horses go first. Uh, but certainly there there's occasions where their best horse might go first. But sure. we see horses breeze well in both the second and third sets. Uh, you know, our track is really... We have a synthetic surface, and um, you know there's discussion sometimes about the difference 
between dirt and synthetic and what have you. For what we do, it works really well. Um, I tell everybody all the time, you know, you have to put it in a perspective that no other sales company in the world breezes more horses over as many days as we do. Um, mm-hmm. Right. In an effort to try to create a consistent surface uh, from day one to day seven, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., uh, it's a challenge, number one, but the synthetic surface gives us the best opportunity to provide a, a fair surface for the horses breathing, and B, a consistent surface for the buyers to make their comparisons on horses. And, and I have just one follow-up to that. Yes, go ahead, Michelle. Sure. If When you say, like, oh, the consigners choose, so you just, like, give them time slots? Like, oh, Paul no. Sharp, you've got, you know, okay, so it's by hip. By set number. By set numbers. And by they, set they numbers, will, but they can put whatever they horse they want in that slot. Typically, they give us an order preference, but those can change at any time. Okay. Are you clear, Michelle, before we move on? Yes, thank you. No thank problem. You. I love to know the inner workings of how, like, how things work. Well, that and that's what we're going to get into. I want to go back in time a little bit because we were talking to Wojo off air, and I apologize for calling you Wojo. We've known each other no, for a long time. A term that's... of endearment. I appreciate it. Okay, there you go. Um, tell us a little bit about the origins of the Ocala Breeder Sale and, and how these sales actually started because I think it's an interesting story. Well, not only the origin of Ocala Breeder Sales, but the origin of two-year-old sales. Yeah. Um, really started right here in Ocala uh, back in the, I guess would have to say, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, you know, a number of the larger farm owners that were here in Ocala were trying to figure out a way to market their horses. Um, they couldn't compete with Kentucky with the blue blood pedigrees. Uh, and they felt like that they had very athletic horses that could win at all levels. And were trying to figure out a way to market their horses and decided, how about we show them under tack? Uh, and show them, show the, the buying public what kind of athletes they are. Mm. And that was really the genesis of the two-year-old sales and kind of the genesis of Ocala Breeders. Um, Genius. Genius. It is. It's it it taken off and grown to the level it is today, you know, where we sell over over $150 million worth of two-year-olds every year. Well, let's talk about that. How has it, since in the past, let's say, what, 20 years, how has it changed? Give us some of the examples of where OBS was and where it is today. Um, not unlike uh, not unlike the evolution of racing. Um, you know, things evolve, things change. You know, originally, I tell everybody this story. My first memory of OBS was coming here with my parents, uh, this would have been uh, mid seventies, early eighties. Oh, you're not that there. old. Stop, please. Um, if, if anybody has seen both, Wojo, he's he's <laughs> looks like he's thirty and he's ripped. He's very strong. Loves to work out. Okay, go on, Wojo. The the uh, we pulled the our truck up to the outside rail and sat on the tailgate and watched the gallop show. Back then, they didn't even breathe. They just galloped. But you sat uh, on, on the tailgate and watched uh, from your tailgate on the outside rail, uh, wow. watched the horses in the gallop show. And then things evolved and horse uh, people started going a little faster. And then somebody decided, hey, let's hang a clock on them and, and what have you. And now, you know, we, we're out where we are today where you know, it is a full-blown breeze show. You know, very few people gallop anymore. And what is the, um, what is the process 
of, and this is kind of a Michelle-like question because she asked you about the set list, which I always find fascinating. But what's the process? Everybody knows, all these people in the industry know that the, the sale, the March sale is going to be X date, right? And here are the dates. And then these consigners have to apply. Do you see the horses? Like, what is the process of actually getting into one of these sales? Well, each sale kind of has a little bit of a different process, but by and large, um, you know, the sellers kind of identify a sale that they may target. Um, you know, we, you know, once they know when the sales are on the calendar, sure. Um, you know, they make their entries. There are some situations where there may be an inspection come in play on certain sales. Other sales are open. Um, so it, it kind of varies from, from sale to sale. But, yeah, in some cases, there's, there's an inspection process, uh, and in some, it's just an open sale. It's just an open sale. So in, in that regards, if I had a horse, and I had a two-year-old, and I was in Ocala, and I said, I want to sell this horse, I could just call you and say, hey, I got this horse, I've broken it, I've trained it, and it's ready to go. And th- But if it's someone new like me... You I might don't know, say, Billy. Mojo might not let you no. show a horse at the sale. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, particularly you, if you wanted to breed right your own. Yeah. So, but that in that case, if it was someone new, you might say, you know what, I, I'd like to come see the horse, or we'd send our guys to go see the horse. But if it's Tom McCrocklin or Eddie Woods, you would say, we trust those guys. We know we have a relationship with you. Whatever you say, you, you guys bring your horses. Is that pretty much how it works? Yeah, I mean, we we wouldn't necessarily single that guy out as as a new person and say, oh, we don't know him, we better go check him out. Um, you know, we certainly have people that sell horses with us all the time that it's kind of a new new thing for them. And quite frankly, a number of them call and kind of ask about the process, and we try to shepherd them through it. And if it seems like they have a handle on things, they then they they sell their own. And if they uh, don't seem to have a handle on exactly what needs to be done. You know, we urge them to find a consigner that can kind of help them along the way. And they might sell with someone, a, a consigner for a year or two, and then venture out on their own. Sure, that happens a lot. I know Michelle has a question. I just want to say one thing, Michelle, before you go. The OBS sales dates are next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Is that correct? And that is March 14th, I'm sorry, 20th through the 22nd. I just want to make sure I get that That's out there correct. so everybody knows. Okay, Michelle, go. Um, when you, when the, the, when the yearling sales go on, we know a lot of pin hookers are obviously buying horses to bring back at the two-year-old in training. Are there additional horses though, that you guys maybe call the connections and you're like, this horse would be a great two-year-old in training horse, or maybe consider selling it or any kind of recruiting going on? Yes. Uh, yes, we certainly do. Uh, um, not only uh, do we have a, you know, we've got a strong base of consigners here in Ocala, um, you know, for the two-year-old sales, not unlike Kentucky has a strong base of, of consigners for the yearling sales. Um, you know, we we have most of the, the consigners here in our backyard, and that's certainly a, a huge advantage for us. But, yes, we're out there trying to identify horses that we have people, you know, that are also at the sales, uh, the yearling sales, saying, hey, sure like that horse you bought. You know, that would be a neat, <laughs> I like uh, that. Neat, neat horse for, you know, neat horse for sale A, B, or C. Right, and I, I have a, I have go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, that sure. okay. So obviously, the uh, these the the early two year old under tax shows tend to be, we'll say, the most popular. Right, you get a big 
catalog and you have a lot of people spending big money because it's like the first two-year-old sale of the year that we get to go to, right? But overall, would you say it's the most successful sale? I mean, because like you have some smaller catalogs and they have a lot of like, well, June, wait a second, for Michelle. Example. When you say successful, how do you define success? Are you saying like, the the best horses know, come out of there, or successful maybe, for OBS? How about like quality quality for the amount of horses in there? Like, okay, you have a gazillion horses going through April, so we have like ten Grade One winners come out of there, but like you have a lot of horses going through. Whereas if you only had like fifty horses going through and you had Five. I love that. Ooh, that's a really. I love that you're sale. turning this into your own personal playground to figure out what sales to buy from. <laughs> this is really genius. Okay, no, Todd. No, this it, is actually it, only because we were. <laughs> I'll give you the catalyst of this. Is we were talking about the OVS sales and we were looking at some of the breeze ups and Ryan's like, we're not going to be able to afford anything here. I'm going to just have to buy something in June. I'm like, June's a good sale. Yeah. And so we had to look and see all the graded stakes winners that came out of June, and we were like, see, like how good it is. And go ahead, yeah, Wardo, answer this. No, I'll be happy to. So we're we're fortunate in that we we have a a very successful rate out of all three March, April, and June sales. Um, I think that that was more the case. What you're talking about, Michelle, back when perhaps March was a select sale and it was a small elite book. Um, you know, we made the decision to open March up be, uh, to an open sale probably about five or six years ago. And part of the reason was you could kind of see the writing on the wall, and we see it now. These small boutique sales do not seem to create enough critical mass to get buyers moving. Interesting. Uh, nor does it nor does it give buyers an opportunity to spread out over horses and give them uh, options. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one the main reason we we made March a, an open sale, um, but we see you know stakes winners from. March, we see stakes winners from April, we see stakes winners from June, and the percentages all hold up pretty well, not just in raw numbers, Michelle, but also, uh, and June has really grown into its own style. April has become the the can't miss or you can't miss this sale in the two-year-old world. Um well, it also and gives June. it also gives gives the consigners a little more time to get their horses there, and it's it, there's so many horses. It's kind of you can find anything, no matter what buying level you're at. Is that would you say that that's an accurate statement as far as April goes? I would say it is an accurate statement for all of them, and, and there is a purpose. There is an intent set up the, with the three open sales. There is an intent for us to say if you have a horse that you said, "Gosh, I wish the sale was tomorrow." that's a March horse. If you got a horse that needs a little more time, that's an April horse. And if you have another horse that has needs even more time, that's a June horse. And if you notice that the, the overall sales calendar, horse calendar has shifted later, right? Sure. And that's one reason you see a, a growth in April and a growth in June, right? Is because, you know, it used to be after Keeneland, there wasn't another yearling sale a lot there was no more yearling sales. Right, that was it. Now there's another now there's probably another three or four thousand head of yearlings sold into October. Sure. So that that has pushed the whole all of the calendars later. Right? It's interesting, yeah. Once these guys buy these yearlings, they have to have time to prepare them. Yep. So instead of buying in September and being done, now they're stretching out into the end of October, almost November, and it you know, it forces everybody a little later. 
Makes a lot of sense. Todd Wojciechowski joining us, the director of sales from OBS. Sale is next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Michelle, are you going to the sale? Oh, she's muted. She must be going into her house. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, no, well, I've been in my house now. I, I No, Ryan might go to the sale. Both of us cannot because of, you know, kids. All right. Well, I want to shift this conversation a little bit because we've talked a lot about um, the the sale and the consigners, but this show is is an owner show. So I'm gonna kind of mm-hmm. I'm gonna all right. I'm gonna get away from the softball questions now, Wojo. I'm gonna talk about a, a buying a buyer's perspective. You've seen people, you've seen these sales, you work very closely. What kind of like I'll call them secret tips, but maybe they're not that secret. Would you give to a, to a buyer who's looking to buy a horse at a two year old sale specifically OBS? Well, I think if you're not used to shopping the two-year-old sales, try to find somebody that can help you through the process to kind of help you look at the data and the metrics uh, that that they focus on in the two-year-old sales. And that's obviously the under-tax show. Uh, I'm not saying time. I'm also saying how those horses move. You know, the, the great thing about the two-year-old sales is you have that extra metric. You're one step closer to the races. Sure. Unlike a yearling sale when you're just looking at them on the end of a shank, walking up and down in front of the barn, you actually get to see these horses on the racetracks. You get to see how they move. You get to see how they handle the pressure of it all. Uh, and it, it's just, like I said, another step closer to the races and another data point for uh, someone to make a decision. Um, you know, not all the fast breezers are necessarily the best horses. Um, there's plenty mm-hmm. of horses that are graded, grade one stakes winners, champions out there that did not necessarily have the fastest breeze at an under tax show. Um, and the, the other point that I would make is that doesn't get talked about enough, particularly when, when you're thinking about should I buy a two-year-old. Not only are you buying the potential of that horse as a racehorse, you're also getting purchasing the expertise of the person that's prepared that horse for his future, right? Yep. And Ocala is loaded with quality horses. And these people that are selling two-year-olds are really good at getting horses ready, getting horses ready for the races, getting them prepared for their future. And so that is a expert level of expertise you're purchasing as well as the horse. That's it. Those are all great points. You talked to, you mentioned data and metrics and nowadays you've talked about the evolution of OBS and the evolution of two-year-old sales. There are so many things that they have out there. Things I said, really intelligent word, but whether it's um, <laughs> measure- like me. <laughs> things, we- measurements, uh, the yeah. heart measurements, they're taking uh, hair samples. They're di- there are these diagrams you can watch on slow motion, the horse's movement. How do you, there's so much of it out there, Wojo. Give us some idea of what, if you were a buyer, what would you use? That's a great question. Thank you. Uh, I think I would use, I would use the, uh, obviously most important to me is how they move on the racetrack. Efficiency of gait. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, comparing that against the time they went and the, the efficiency with which they did it. Um, I would also, you know, use uh, the, the time looking at the horses in the barn, seeing how they comport themselves. Um, I think, you know, the, the under tack videos are important, and I think they're a handy tool to have because you get to look at a lot of horses rather than having to just say, I, was, I wasn't at that under tack show and I didn't get to see that horse go. With the breeze videos now, I, I think there's a lot of, a, a lot of good that you can gain out of it from video. Plus, I want to... Yeah. 
I want to give you credit. I would also add that the walking videos that yeah. we have on our website of the horses are also an added benefit. I want to give you credit before, I know Michelle has a question, but I want to give you credit about something. This is a uh, the website is so much better as far as the videos are concerned, the easy shares, the going through them. They're all you can you can click. For those of you who haven't been, you go to obssales.com, and um, you can once you go on the Undertech videos, you could literally just click an arrow to the right, and it'll show you the walking video. Then it shows you a picture if it's there, and then it'll go to the next video. It's a very easy way to watch, and it's really this is new. I don't remember this last year. Yeah, we, we have, we're in the process of upgrading our website, and we're doing it piece by piece, and this is one of the pieces that we were able to get done here uh, prior to the sales. Yeah, it's it's really nice, and I suggest anybody listening to go out and just take a tour around the OBS website, and there's so much information on there. Michelle, I think I stole your question. Do you want to jump in? It was it was just about the evolution of having Breeze Up Sales now so readily available. Can we talk just a little bit about um, the requirements? Like not every horse has a Breeze video, a walk video, and a photo up. So obviously OBS is shooting the Breeze Up videos, but is there everyone else can just make the choice if they want to have a walk video or a photo put up? That's correct. So there is an undertack video on every horse. Um, mm-hmm. the, the walking videos or photos, those are, those are done by the consigner and, and those are, you know, they, they elect to do those. Why wouldn't someone want to do, do that? You... It's just cost, right? Yeah, cheap. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's maybe, funny, maybe, I, I will well, tell not you. Not just cost, but it could be like the day that your videographer comes out that your horse has a big cut on their leg. No, or... I, mean, I don't know. Well, and I, I think that's, you're seeing more and more of it. I, I mean, people are understanding how, how important it's become as part of the process. But I will tell you a funny story. Um, and I told you my first trip to OBS, um, back, let's see, this would have been 1992 because it was the day before my son was born, Okay, uh, was the April sale and was actually selling some horses in the sale. And back then we didn't have the large building in the grandstand that you know now as the, for the, uh, under tax show, it was kind of like just a small wooden clocker stand, very small, uh, and it had like a uh, a balcony on the top. And my wife, the day before my son was born, was up there with the old VHS shoulder carry VHS. <laughs> oh wow! Shooting shooting a video of the horses breathing, and then we would take it and stick it in the TV back at the barn. Love it. That is awesome, <laughs> that is Michelle. Awesome. I think... <laughs> that's how that's how far breeze videos have evolved. Amazing, Michelle. Well, speaking of that, then, what do you see for the future? Like you said, you're you're reconfiguring the website piece by piece. What do you want the website to be able to do? Or what do you think the future holds for people to be able to buy from their living room? Um, I So I, I don't know that they'll ever be able to just fully buy from their living room. Um, you know, I, with that being said, uh, when COVID hit, uh, it is what spurred on online bidding. And yep. quite frankly, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that, I don't know that we would have it today. Um, it does better than it, it. It proved to be a very useful tool that I don't know that anybody could have uh, foreseen how useful of a tool it is. Uh, as I said, with the online bidding, um, that being said, you know, uh, Michelle, technology changes at such a rapid rate. It's kind of yep. hard, which is kind of, 
it, it runs counter to a business is a, a, a an industry that we do a lot of things with the horse because that's the way my granddaddy did it. Um, <laughs> so that kind of flies in the face sometimes with technology. Um, but I think easier access to uh, the videos across different platforms, um, you know, from your phone to your tablet to your laptop to your to your desktop, um, increased level of the videos that we see from the barn area. Um, I think those are the main things that we will continue to see. The quality of the video will get better. Um, Those are all kind of trying to keep up with technology, I guess. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Todd Wojciechowski, the director of sales from OBS, joining us here on the Owner's Box. Woj, talk about uh, the bidding process as far as there's someone listening to our show. They're like, you know what? I'd like to go to this. And, you know, I have a bloodstock agent that I've used before, but I'm not really sure. How do I, how do, what do I do? How do I, you have to get credit? Do I, do, tell us a little bit about what those airport steps. do I fly yeah. into? Yeah. Well, Tampa or Orlando. I'm going to Tampa, Tampa for the first Orlando. time. Tampa or Orlando. Gainesville. To, you can fly into Gainesville as well. Is Tampa oh uh, much gosh, further Orlando than Orlando? Like I've, right now. I've never flown no, into Tampa. No, much. Okay. All right. So tell us, no, so what do they do? They got to call and get credit. They, you have to, right? Well, yeah, we credit's kind of a, a, a bad term. Our, okay. our terms are 15 days, uh, but they need to establish themselves as a bidder. Um, if, if if you've never been here before, we kind of need to know who you are. You know, something a little unique to the thoroughbred world or to the horse auction world. Um, <laughs> you don't get a number. Um, right. So, you know, there's not an identifying number when you're bidding. So you need to let people, you need to let our office, our um, finance office, know that you're wanting to buy horses we need to know that you're uh you have the ability to pay for them and once they were comfortable with that you know everybody's good and say you go in and raise your hand um or right. bid online yeah but it's pretty simple it's really as simple as that <laughs> all right when here's here's the the age-old question that i i argue about with several people at the sale each most of the horses that go through and correct me if i'm wrong go through with what's called a reserve um, that, would you agree with that? I would say I don't know. I don't know if I would use the word most, but uh, okay. there are a number. A number. Yes. Okay. And and what happens is, and correct me along the way, a consigner and whoever owns that horse um, will set the price that is the the minimum amount of money that they will take for a horse. So they might make the reserve ninety nine thousand dollars, which means once the bidding gets to a hundred thousand, that horse is sold. And anything up to 99, it's not sold. It would be returned to the owner. Anything I'm saying that sounds off base. That is accurate. That okay. is accurate. Okay. And then, and, and this is just for people listening who may not have been to these auctions. So what happens is the, the, um, the bid, the, uh, auctioneer knows the reserve, correct? So they know that reserve is 99. So regardless of who's bidding in the ring, they will continue to just make, what, what do we call those bids? Reserve bids? Reserve announcements? I would say so, reserve bids. Reserve bids. So they're going 5, 10, 15, 20, all the way up to 95,000, even if no one's bidding. Yes? Uh, It depends. There are some bids that can, there are some reserves that can be all the way, and there's some reserves that can be live money only. Okay, live money only. Right. Okay, That, that, that makes some sense. So my question is. Here's the age old question. And I, th- I don't know if we've ever had this discussion before, but as a buyer, if you were a buyer, would you want to know the reserve or not? No. No. You don't want to know the no, reserve. No, because 
No, because what I'm willing to pay for that horse is not predicated on what you're willing to take for it. Interesting. Michelle, do you, have you ever have you asked for the reserve? Because many consigners yes, will give I it to ask. you. Yep, I do. I do. When there's a horse that I like that I'm worried it's way too much, I do ask if there's a reserve. But I'm working with a lot stricter budget than most people are. So, like, if I'm like, oh, I love this horse and I have 100000 I go up, like, what's your reserve? And they're like, two fifty. Well, I'm not even walking up to the ring. Right. Right. So, so you know. does that make sense, Woj, what, what Michelle's process is as a buyer? Uh, th- that's that's one process. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's one way people do it. I know that uh, others, like myself, that uh, what I'm willing to give for that horse is not predicated on what they're willing to take. Um, right. And if we can, if it if it works where we can meet in the middle, um, where what I'm willing to bid is the acceptable price to them, then that's great. And if not, I'll move on. Right. If you were a consigner, would you make would you make your reserve available to those who ask? Uh, that's a tough question. That I mean, that's really a consigner. You know, that that depends from consigner to consigner. I, yeah. I, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer to that. Um, would you, Billy, just, if you were selling a horse? Preference. I oh, he, she asked me if I would. Would Billy I do what? Would I would I give my reserve? Would you make your reserve? Mm hmm. That's a great question. I, that's why I asked it to Woj, who dodged it. Um, I think, I think it it comes down to knowing the per, knowing the potential buyer. So if I had a relationship mm-hmm. with you, Michelle, and I knew your budget was a hundred, and I knew my horse, the reserve was two ninety nine, I'd say, mm-hmm. Michelle, you should not bet on this horse. And you would have to trust right. me to know that that's what I'm saying. If it's someone mm-hmm. that I know has the range, I might just say. We are going to make it affordable. And truth be told, as in this pin hooking world that we've been living in, that I've for a long time now, um, I I tell people all the time we don't make big reserves. I don't like giant reserves. How do you feel about when people just? I want the market to tell me how much the horse is worth. I don't want it to. And isn't it true, Woj, that a lot of people they don't want to take their horses home. They don't want to bring them back in April, bring them back in June, right? No, no, I, I would agree with that. I mean, the whole purpose is to sell them, not to appraise them um right and i i would say that yes they're they're wanting to sell their horses right i would always err on the on a lesser reserve and get the people there get the people interested get the bidding because as a buyer and michelle you've been there before you might say your budget's a hundred thousand but when you're in there bidding and all of a sudden you have a chance to get the horse at 110 you might be on the phone with your owner going let's just stretch ten thousand dollars more to try to get this horse so that happens. That's me on the phone with Ryan. Just go <laughs> ten more thousand, and he tells me no. <laughs> but but that's that's what happens in the live bidding, and that's why it's so great. I mean, I'm usually on the floor by by day, the end of day two, trying to get a horse, and I can't. And they're laughing at me. Um, but it's a, it's it's an exciting thing. I can tell you honestly, Woj, buying a horse, my heart's racing, and selling a horse, my horses, my heart's racing. Have you heard any crazy oh, stories? It, it, it was. It will certainly get your adrenaline pumping. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the best? You know, and, and I think that that it takes some time being in the auction process. That If you're asking me about a buyer first time to the auction, uh, I would tell them, uh, be patient and don't be afraid to ask whether you're in or you're out. Oh, to the auctioneer because um, it's, it's hectic. To the auctioneer yeah. or to your bid spotter. 
Yeah. Um, and typically they will remind you because what happens to a lot of people who aren't familiar, I had a friend of mine that um, I was, uh, we were partnering on some horses one time and he was new to the game. And, and so I said, well, why don't you bid on this one? And after he did, he came to me and said, don't ever make me do that again. <laughs> um, because <laughs> it was the, the, the pace and he was nervous and, yep. and he didn't know whether he was in or out or what the price was. Um, and that it can be sometimes, you know, leave you, like you said, on the floor because you're, uh, you, you're trying and, and everything's kind of fast paced. Where would you bid from if you were buying at OBS? Oh, heck. Come on. The great thing is we have so many great spots to right. bid. Right. There's so many good spots. Inside or, uh, there, there's people that bid outside. I, there's no right or wrong answer to that. That's I'm just saying you preference. personally. I'm saying you personally. Um, I would always bid from the front. From the inside. I like standing yeah. against the wall. I always – I didn't mind sitting. I, I like sitting. You like sitting. Okay. All right, Woj, what did we miss? I mean, I feel like we've taken – that. this is the 32 minutes. This is one of our longer interviews, but I think we had so much to cover. Is there any other, anything else, Michelle, before we let Woj get back to work? Because I know he's still there. No, and I well, feel bad, actually, that he's still there. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine. Um, I guess the only thing I would say is, yes, definitely we have the sale coming up here uh, next week, the 20th and 22nd of March, but don't forget we've got April coming up the 25th to the 28th, and hopefully we'll be back together and be able to talk about that some as we get closer to April. And then, of course, the June sale, uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th. We'll do it, and we're sure we really appreciate your uh, um, uh, involvement in the owner's box, and we are going to talk next week about all the success stories from OBS, and and, uh, we'll talk about how the sale went and stuff like that. So we really appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck with the next two under-tack days and, of course, the sale next week. And I look forward to seeing you personally. And my goal is to get Michelle here. We'll get her there. We'll get her Me there. Me too. You may have to you yeah. may have to buy her a flight, but we'll get her there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Woj, go to work. Thank you, bud. All right, thank you guys. All right, Todd Wojciechowski from uh OBS, the director of sales and Michelle, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do the rest. How's that? The Owner's Box is brought right. to you in part by Santanita Park. And don't forget to be involved in the first racing coast-to-coast pick five featuring the sequence from Gulfstream Park and Santanita every Saturday and Sunday. It's a $1 minimum with a player-friendly 15% takeout, and it is a ton of fun to play. And if you play on the first bet or express bet, you get a free $10 wager on select days. You have to have to log on to go register for it, and you can get free past performances and more at www.inthemoneypodcast.com forward slash coast. All right, back here on the Owner's Box. Michelle, uh, Woj, he's he's so cool. He's just a, have, have you met him personally? You have, no. right? Oh, he's so cool. No. He's like a ranchero, and he's, you know, he's... He's, he's 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 buff and he's gruff. He's got these hands. He looks like you know, like a cowboy. You know, probably like Ryan. Like a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, he's just great. And I like and him and already. I just and I just I, you know, it's um, what I will say to owners who are who are going to these sales, build relationships, spend time talking to consigners, asking questions, go introduce yourself to Todd Wojciechowski. And and ask him questions. How do things work? Give me some tips. 
which guys do you really like to buy from? You know, I thought he made a really interesting point about um, about that it's uh, uh, really important to know who you're buying from because those are the people who have basically started off these horses' careers. So there's guys who's been a lot. Now, there's also a flip side to that, right, Michelle? Because yeah. Eddie, Eddie Woods, I'm just using Eddie. Eddie's the greatest. I just had a horse broken with Eddie. Eddie's fantastic. I have nothing negative to say about Eddie. But he's also very good at what he does. And he will have those horses looking their absolute freaking best that day they breeze, right? So, so there's a, there's a, but he also, you know, you, you want him breaking your horse. So there's, there's, there's a fine line and it takes a while to kind of figure those things out. I always say to people, it is a, uh, uh, there are, there are bombs all over the place. So please, you know, be careful. Get, I think Wojo said it also, he said, get with someone you really know, you really trust that also knows not just the horses, but the personalities around there. I think it's really, really important. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I've seen horses that are like RNA and I've called like the consigner and been like, hey, will this horse work for California? And they're like, nope. <laughs> you know? So yeah. like you gotta yeah. have a good relationship. Right. And some people are like, yeah, yeah, buy it, buy it. And you know? those listen, as a as someone that's been in pin hooking, okay, the last mm-hmm. thing I wanna do is sell is someone give a bad horse to someone exactly. And sell someone a bad horse. Like the last thing I would want if if I had a horse to sell and Ryan Hansen came up to me and said, Listen, I have seventy five thousand I said, and I would say like, don't, you know, this, not this one, you know, let's try this one. You know, I would, that's the relationship. You just don't want to sell bad. You don't want to sell bad people. You want them coming back. You want people, you You want want them them, happy with the product. Absolutely. And, And look, they don't always work out. We had a beautiful Philly one year. I remember, and I, I, we sold it to Linda Rice and I was so excited and the Philly never made it to the races for whatever reason. And these things happen. And I felt I don't think maybe like sellers, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, buyers and agents realize how hard we take that. You know, I deal with Tom McCrocklin all the time. He's one of my best friends. And he, um, we follow all the horses we sell. Hey, this, hey, that, that, uh, you know, the Uncle Mo we sold is running at Santa Anita on Saturday. You know, it's like, that's, we want those horses to succeed. So it's not just like, hey, we want to make a quick buck. At least that's my right. personality, and I think that's the personalities right. of a lot of people out there. Now there are a few who like just want to. Yep, I want to make as much money as I can with this horse. I don't care what happens. Blah 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 blah. But not us. So there you go. That's my Billy's soapbox for OBS sales and sales I in like general. It. All right, Michelle, what's I coming up at uh, Santa Anita this week? We had a big weekend. Uh, yes. So first thing I want to note is that we are going to be moving post time to one o'clock. But not on Saturday because we are going to be slating 11 races for Saturday. So that time is still going to be 1230. So I think it's really important just to note that. Um, So if you're coming out, you can prepare for, you know, timing. On Friday, we have a 12 can beer cooler backpack giveaway. Ooh, that sounds cool. Very cool. Yeah. We love giveaways. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't love giveaways? I know. So Saturday is the Cornhole Derby. It is also... Wait, wait, wait. What is a Cornhole Derby? Uh, Do you play Cornhole? You know know what Cornhole is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be... Oh, it's like a Cornhole tournament? Yes. So we have like a huge Cornhole field set up. I don't know if you've been to the infield. No, I'd like to to play, but we have a lot of horses running out there. 
Well, it's it's uh, ten bucks if you want to go and watch your chair, and you can also compete. And yeah. it starts at noon. Um, they do a social team, a competitive team, and an advanced bring your own team team. Oh, I'd like and the they social do, it's team. Cash give out. Or nice. cash cash uh, payout. That sounds fun. So for sure, if you cornhole, uh, that's yeah. a very big Kentucky thing. Yeah. You, you might want to be uh, coming to that. So that's yeah. Saturday. We also have the $40,000 pot of gold, and that is where you come to the track and you get a lucky envelope, and we're basically just giving away a ton of money. This is for the uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yes? This is for St. Patrick's Day. So this is, Can yes, you do an Irish Saturday. accent? You're so good at accents. Oh, I don't know, Billy, if I can do an Irish accent. You don't think. <laughs> That got me. That's my best one. That was really, you and don't it, think. I like that. Tink. Tink, tink. Yeah, that's, Aiden O'Brien always says tink, and so that's tink. the only thing I noticed. I right. love that. Um, also, this is like the, the, the most important thing right here, is we are going to be doing a jockey colony photo signing on Saturday. So the first thousand fans to come get this beautiful, huge jockey colony print. And the, all the jockeys, the whole colony, are going to be in the paddock gardens from 11.15 to 12.15 signing oh that's cool um, so you can and, and the photo is awesome it's got tiago mario frankie mike smith i love that you went v, with tiago like, and mario first that was amazing well that's honestly that's because they're the first two people in the photo oh, you're and looking, at the photo. Like, <laughs> looking at the photo i'm looking at the photo I was like, they have, we have Tiago and Mario well, and uh, Diego Herrera and then uh, it got Kyle really Frey. Small and so I couldn't see who they were. Uh, so so we, Tiago, we it's Tiago, Mario, Luis Contreras, Frankie Dettori, Tyler Gaffleone, DeSormo, Hector Berrios, JJ, Mike Smith, uh, Ryan Curtolo, Giovanni Franco, Johnny V, Joe Bravo, Ramon Vasquez, uh, KK, Kyle Frey, Umbi, Pratt. Abel, Diego, and Edwin. There you go. Very nice job. It's very hard to name all the jockeys when you see them and they're just sitting here like half in helmets. Half That's in very half. funny. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. So, yes. Highly recommend doing that. And it is it is technically free, but because the jockeys are out there, if you would like to make a donation to the PDJF, they are accepting donations. There's no required donation, but that is you know nice if you can make one. Of course. And then... Um, on Sunday, we're having a $40 handicapping contest on track only. And by the way, that 12 can cooler backpack giveaway is all weekend. I didn't know. My oh, bad. no, cool. Comanche country comes back on Saturday. Ooh, I haven't gotten PPs for Saturday yet. Yeah, no, I don't, they're probably not up yet, but they will be soon. All right, Michelle, thank you very much. I know, uh, we're going to, we're going to take care of that shoulder and thank you to Todd Wojciechowski. Best of luck again with the sale this weekend to all of our sponsors, OBS and Santa Anita and Del Mar. Really appreciate you. And of course, all of our great owners box listeners who, uh, are, we're gaining steam. I'm getting a lot of emails like, uh, Hey, oh, did you see that tweet from that nice person? Said he listens to Owner's Box all oh, the time? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So he was talking, we were talking about Jason Beam, and I had yeah. mentioned that Nick Locke Bailey and Jason Beam, and then he was like, and you. Like, we love your show. So, how about yeah, how, cool. how good Jason Beam looks? He's lost, like, I mean, a, a I lot of weight. Seen. Oh, he looks great. He looks great. I, I texted he? him. Yeah, he posted, like, a gym workout. He's him. been working really hard on. Uh, I'm going to text him. Let me see a selfie. Yeah. Yeah, you should. 
Um, he's a good man, Jason Beam. I really like him. Anyway, thanks for uh, listening to the show. We will be back next week with another uh, owner's box. Probably won't go up till Friday because I don't think I'm coming back till Thursday, Michelle. We'll have to do something on Thursday. All right? Okay. All right. Sounds great. See you, everybody. Bye.